Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. It is August the 6th. Hopefully you're having a fantastic day. Um, Julie, you've been on coaching yes. calls. We like to always break up uh, the podcast into yep. three parts, mm-hmm. right? We give you guys, yeah. and we're intentionally giving you guys stories from our coaching calls, what we're hearing from our other coaches, what we're hearing from just all of our different private Facebook groups, every place where our uh Coaching members and, and everyone else goes to discuss what's going on in their markets. Julie and I are always calling the uh, most relevant information from around the country so that we can then give you guys a real glimpse into the future. And what we saw, just to set you up so it's easier, right? Mm-hmm, sure. Is we saw probably about maybe a week and a half to two weeks ago, the nature of the questions from our coaching clients, especially on the premier coaching call, mm-hmm. which happens every single day. It's a daily live semi-private coaching call. Happens yeah. right after this podcast, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, that the questions radically started to change. I would totally agree with that. Right. Yes. And in fact, yesterday we went an entire hour on that call because there were so many uh, complicated issues, to be honest with you. Deals are not closing themselves anymore. Um, You know, there is a definite trend amongst the lenders to be cracking down fairly severely on their requirements. So we heard about all kinds of, uh, you know, you call them lender overlays, but things like an example would be a buyer was told that they could buy a condo for 10% down, okay? And that would normally be fine, but three days before closing, the underwriter says, you know what, the HOA hasn't been paid by about 20% of that population, and now you've got to pay, put down 15 or 20%. So before you guys so. fall into the trap of thinking just evil lender, here's what the lenders are doing. They are anticipating there to be a market adjustment, and by adjustment, I mean they're not sure what's going to go on any more than really any of the rest of us are, but they're not expecting prices to continue to rise. They're not expecting unemployment to all of a sudden go to where it was pre-COVID. They're not expecting there to be any kind of massive turnaround in the economy. Um, they're mitigating their risk ahead of time. That's, that's what they're doing. Happening. And so if you want to know what the lenders are thinking, and we, we put articles up on timandjulieharris.com, and it's funny too that these articles are never from uh, like press releases or whatever. They're anecdotal little pieces of evidence that come from different sources. And then eventually you put all of them together, then you realize, well, guess what? Wells Fargo is no longer doing million dollar above uh, refis unless you have a million dollars on deposits with Wells Fargo. And there was another article that we put up on Tim and Julie Harris.com, or I think our reporters are working on it maybe today, that's talking about um, JP Morgan, Chase, right? They're putting all kinds of crazy overlays. And mm-hmm. just to remind you guys, just think of an overlay exactly how it sounds. So here, you know, in one, just imagine a box, right? And a box inside the box are the specific requirements to obtain a mortgage based on um, the mortgage standards by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, anything that's government backed, which is a majority of, you know, the uh, non-jumbo type products out there, okay? So they, here's the set of rules as established by the government. And then what happens is the banks put their overlays on top. So then they put a big blanket, let's say, (laughs) that's a good way of describing Mm -hmm. it, on top of the box. And then the then you have to not only meet their minimum requirements set by the government, 
which are relatively easy to do. But then now you have to start meeting whatever the overlays are. And so the bank might or the government might say, we will give somebody, you know, a conforming loan for less than 650 and their credit doesn't have to their credit can be right as rain at 650, right? Or 640, whatever. And then the lenders are going to say, nope, anybody who's going to get a mortgage through us is going to have to have a minimum credit score of maybe 750. And we, we started telling you guys about all that mm -hmm. happening about a month ago. And again, the lenders aren't going to tell the underwriters, the under or the, the loan officers, the loan officers are going to find out when it's an underwriting, when the mortgage standards start yep. to change. And so this is what we're starting to see. And then you're going to start seeing, I think this is going to be the next big wave of aha for a lot of agents that the market is in shifting are the appraisal problems. We're already uh, seeing those. Yes. Yeah. But I want you not, to talk. Not big ones, not like, you know, 100,000 off, but we're seeing 5, 10, 20, you know, I think 30,000 last week was the biggest one I saw. Yep. Um, and you know, it's funny, you can really tell that most of the agents have not been through stuff like this. Well, you told me a story. They typically go, can they do that? And yes. The answer is yes, they can do that. You told me a story yesterday mm -hmm. about um, agent on the premier coaching call who basically lost a listing because this agent didn't know what a short sale was or a short payoff. Well, can you tell that story? In fact, just, just tell the story. Yes, she was on the buyer side and okay. the deal did not come together because the listing agent that she was dealing with, once you know she submitted the offer, the aha moment was, well, wait a minute, this is going to be a short sale. And they both bailed. Basically, the listing agent I think was more responsible. And for you on the, the coaching deal. call. And so I was like, well, how short are they, right? Because just because you know it's assumed to be a short sale, it might be a short payoff. You could do, um, you know, a the the lien that's um, what is that called? Where it's unsecured not secured, line an unsecured credit. line of credit. Well, so let's talk about this. But the, my point is that there's lots of different options. They just assumed that the deal was basically dead. So here it was, the scenario was, there was a buyer trying to put her, her buyer was in contract on a house. The listing agent had not done the homework on the payoff on the mortgage. In other words, these are all skills-based things. There was no net sheet done until there was, it was too late. Exactly, so the deal was in contract. This listing agent then, because they did not provide a net sheet ahead of time, they did not provide or find out what all the mortgage balances were. If there were any back taxes or HOA fees, all the Mickey Mouse is associated with selling a house. Maybe you're in a part of the country there's a transfer task, tax, who knows? Right. So what happened was, is the house is listed. The eight listing agent did not obviously do a really good job taking care of their seller. House goes into contract. Buyer's agent then goes through the rigmarole with their buyer. And then they find out that the seller is going to have to bring a check to closing in order to get rid of the house. Listing agent doesn't know what to do to help the seller. The whole deal blows up. Seller sit, uh, is going to sit there, not knowing what to do, might yeah. lose the house in no foreclosure. Deal. Now, here's what a Harris trained agent would know how to do, even on the buyer side you'd find out what the seller was underwater by. And chances are that amount of money could be mitigated a million different ways. By mitigated, I mean made to be a non-issue. This is what we talked about on Premier. Okay? Right. We went through the different tiers of possibility of how to fix the problem. Right. And one of those possibilities was not called bail on the deal, okay, <laughs> or on the client. So, you know, we went through, there's about five different ways that you can fix that problem, depending on the situation, whether there's one or two mortgages and, you know, how much money we're talking about. And I can just tell by the questions that probably 95% of agents out there, they, they hear short sale and it's like they've been hit by a stun gun and they just don't know what to do. They don't know the questions to ask. They don't know the resolution. And so we talked about all that. And we also talked about the fact that two things can be true at the same time. You can have most of your deals be kind of feeling like a hot seller's market. And then your listing appointment tonight, it turns out for whatever reason, they're gonna be short if they sell it for what it's actually worth. 
I think this is also a factor that's causing expireds today is because agents kind of figure aspirational pricing will cause the seller to maybe break even or maybe walk away with a few thousand dollars. And in fact, the market's no longer achieving that, thus making them break even or worse. Overpricing the listing to comp to over hopefully the market will somehow be fooled into paying more than the house is worth. There's a lot of that. And then trying to overcomp, you know, basically cover the fact that had the house been priced and sold correctly to market, then um, the seller would have been underwater. But now what we're seeing is buyers' unwillingness to overpay, and so now you're yeah. going to see the cold harsh reality of some of these, um, you know, situations that are going to be happening across the country. Now here I'm going to sprinkle this little statistical fact on you guys. Something like 85 percent of all real estate agents fail within uh, 18 months. They're out of the business. Now, why do they fail? You guys can say lack of training. You can say lack of this, lack of the other thing. And all those things are true. But really what it is, is lack of desire to learn how to help people. That's really the heart of why people fail. Because if you're in a situation and you run up across somebody who's going to be, you know, not able to sell their house because they're underwater by like 10 or 15 grand or something, an inconsequential amount of money, there are a million and one ways to solve that problem that would not adversely affect the seller's credit, would not require, for example, a short sale, would not require all kinds of things that you guys need to learn how to do to be relevant in this market. And the point Julie just made is incredibly powerful. Most of your markets are going to be what we call bifurcated. There's going to be two things going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to know how to solve problems in both scenarios. Here's a for example. What if you have a buyer that's selling out of a house where they're going to possibly be underwater unless you know how to help them uh, work through that and maybe they don't have enough money um, to essentially uh, write a check to cover the negative equity on their property. In other words, they owe more than it's worth. They, that money they need to buy their next house. So they've saved up you know, 50 grand. Mm -hmm. They're underwater by 25 grand on their current house. They want to buy another house from you, but need that 50 to put as a down payment on the next one. You guys right there don't know how to solve the problem other than telling the seller to write the check for the 25 grand. Well, that'll make it so they can't qualify for the next one. You guys following me on all of this? So you need to learn how to solve these unique problems because, you know, as we've been hopefully impressing upon you, unique problems are going to be what it's about in the new market, especially during this transitioning yeah. phase. It's definitely already happening. You know that there's more questions about in, in those types of scenarios, you know, like, why would I want that listing? I don't know where the seller's even going to move. It's, right. it's like you're absorbing some kind of accountability for their situation. Well, it's not your fault the house appreciated for 10 years. It's not your fault when it depreciates or when they refinanced out the wazoo and now can't, you know, break even. So I think there's some um, kind of like just emotional consternation out there amongst agents that they, they're uncomfortable with those questions. And the other thing you just mentioned, you know, sellers sometimes write checks at closing. That is a radical thought for today's agent Well, but you don't, you don't really have to. I mean, there's, there's yeah. anyway, so. Depending on, you know, you have all different situations. Right. A short payoff, an yeah. unsecured line of credit from the bank. There's so many different ways to basically solve those problems, but you have to know how to do it. And here, so to the point earlier that virtually every agent fails after uh, 18 months, well, that also should tell you that essentially I have to always remind myself this and Julie this because we t sometimes we forget the fact that frankly the short sale REO distressed market you know wave of horror was all it was in 2007 and this is almost yeah. 2021. It's a billion years ago and so many of you weren't even in the business then that we always have to slow ourselves down and remind yeah. ourselves that these are not just 
you know, strange terms for you guys as a practitioner, but I bet you your brokers don't know how to solve these problems or the office managers. So you're surrounded by people who don't know how to solve these problems, which means that until this, you know, until the real estate collective, as it were, were to wake up the fact that the market's going to adjust and most people will wait too long. Most agents mm -hmm. and brokers will wait until they start losing business to agents that have learned the new skill set. Well, that's an interesting thought because one thing that's different I'm seeing is that, yes, it's probably true agents and brokers will wait too long, but right now the sellers don't seem to be waiting too long. They seem to be selling in anticipation of not making their payments. That seems to be like... What do you okay, mean by that? Well, so before it was like, you know, subprime mortgage and all the different reasons that it happened. It was like, blammo, nobody really knew what to do. Nobody knew how to manage a short sale. It was just a mess, right? You remember. Uh, but this time... That's in people's heads, homeowners, and they're like, you know what? I know I've been furloughed. I know even if I go back, I'm going to be working at like 40% of my income. Right. I know that this is too much house payment for me, and I'm not sure about my spouse's job. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to downsize now before we start missing payments, right? And then they price the house to, they want to price the house possibly even more aggressively than the listing agent who, who doesn't know how to deal with the situation, right? So I think the sellers are actually selling sooner based on the cases that I'm hearing of listings. The reasons for listings are all stuff like that. And you know, the fact is in some markets, they can basically be aspirationally priced as you're fond of saying and yeah. get away with it. Yeah, right now, you know, depending on the competition and what it looks like, you can get out. But I don't think that's going to last that long. No. And so just to put frame this out, um, what you're seeing are people who have put, put down, like when Julie and I sold real estate, just to drive this home, just so you guys can know what a normal market or even a buyer's market feels like. When we sold real estate in you know Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, for almost a decade, between 100 and 200 houses per year. So we know what we're talking about here. I would say a vast majority of the homeowners that we helped sell houses for made effectively no money on their houses unless they'd lived in the house for probably 10 or 15 years. Yeah, they made their down payment back and that was about it. That's right. But they lost the interest they paid on the mortgage. They lost the maintenance and upkeep on the house, the new roof. They didn't get that money back. So if you've ever penned out in a normal market, like, the, you know, in essence, what you'd see is people would, the house would increase in cost every year by maybe two or 3%. In other words, the cost of inflation. Um, but if you factor in uh, what their down payment was, they'd have to stay in the house an average of about seven years before they could sell the house and expect to not lose the down payment in this, in this, or at least a part of it, selling the house. So for example, if they put down you know, 15%, let's say, the cost of selling the house, or 10% is probably more common. The cost of selling the house with commissions and selling fees and all that is going to be just about 10%. So you guys can do the math in your heads. That's the market we're headed into. And now some of you guys are thinking, and I understand, well, why would someone wanna, wanna buy a house? The same reason that people have historically bought houses before houses became, you know, the Willy Wonka uh, yeah, <laughs> winning it's golden the same ticket. Reason, minus because, the reason that they're going to make a gajillion dollars. Because people, <laughs> right, exactly. Because people need a place to live. That's why. I mean, there are markets that, and we've had like the number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut, Rob Johnson, who is um, a longtime coaching client. His now up until literally until post COVID, because now his market's hot because all the people leaving New York City. Mm -hmm. But his market, you are seeing people lose 30, 50, just ridiculous percents. And these are multi million dollar house losses that were happening. And yet houses were still selling. Mm -hmm. And yet he still sold $140 million of real estate last year. Why did he sell that much to people who, knowing, you know, to smart, wealthy people who are going to buy a house that they knew there's an excellent chance they'd lose money on because they liked the community, because they needed a place to live? 
because they like the schools, because that, those are the real core reasons why people buy real estate. And so if you're stuck in this paradigm that the only reason someone's gonna buy a house is because they're gonna make money, you are going to suffer because that argument is about to go out the window yeah. because for the most part, you're not gonna be able to make that argument um, for people moving forward purchasing houses. Does that make sense, Yeah, Julie? it does. I read an article this morning too, another factor that we might see coming. Um, people are talking about how long virtual school is gonna last and the, this is a housing wire thing that I read. And the, you know, they were talking about basically 90% of people moved because of school district. I got to have that school district, right? That's fascinating. Okay. And so not only was that a deciding factor, but it also affected home values, right? So if you've got a house that's as rare as hen's teeth and a highly desirable school district, it's going to sell for more. So if this digital, you know, distance learning thing goes on for more than a year, People are starting to say, well, maybe I don't need to pay those property taxes. Maybe I can live a little further out with a little bit more land. Um, the San Francisco Bay Area, there's a broker that was interviewed there, and he said 0% of the time are people requesting school district. And he said wow. last year, 100% of the time. That was like the number one thing. I sent you another article. So. See, none of, all this stuff is predictable, right? But I sent you another article because mm -hmm. this is basically what COVID did is it's uh, changed what's probably been maybe a 20 or 30 year trend, right? Yeah. Towards people urbanizing it again. It's, it's really completely re, re, essentially rejiggering the deck. So the other thing is BRBO, Julie, mm -hmm. they searches for people looking to buy or looking to rent places that are in essence rural, not even semi-rural, yeah. yeah. are through the roof. Those are the most common popular rentals that they're seeing right now. That's crazy. Yeah, right? it's awesome I though. Know. I mean, it's it's here's the reason it's exciting. It's exciting as long as you're not um, as long as you're seeing the fact that from all this change that's happening, there's going to be more opportunities. Remember, guys, right. the greatest opportunity to help people and frankly, the greatest fortunes in the history of man have always been made during the greatest times of change. COVID was just the pin that popped the bubble, in essence, was, yeah. the, was the thing that stopped all of these long term trends and ushered in. Uh, what we're starting to all, I think, you know, together realize are the new trends, the new way that all of us are going to live. Like, I'm excited to think about how all the positive things that are going to come from the, the people's changing lifestyles. I mean, you're going to see a lot of people, and I, you already read about it, and you guys are probably feeling it, who are questioning whether or not your, you know, lifestyle going forward is going to be what your lifestyle was in the past because maybe you don't need to live where you need to live. Maybe you don't need to have the expensive property taxes. Maybe you're finally going to not wait till you're in retirement to buy that, you know, farm in the middle of nowhere. You're going to do it now because you can, you know, hop the kid on Zoom and yeah. have the kid have be, you know, all that. All those things are all those things are going to usher in a real and so when people aren't having to work constantly or they're not working for the same reasons at the same level of intensity, then that leaves room for a lot of invention and creation. That leaves room for a lot of creativity that wouldn't have otherwise been there because people were so busy working and so busy trying to basically keep up with the Joneses and the rest of it. So those things are all very, they're very fascinating trends. And so Julie is headed off now to uh, Premier Coaching. So yes. Julie, have a great coaching call. It'll be an adventure, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. It will, won't it? What the, I'm there for. Those of you guys who are in Premier Coaching, make sure you attend the daily semi-private coaching call live. And and the, that's it. By the way, those of you who are in um, the free version of Premier Coaching, uh, which is, again, it's just probably maybe 10% of the normal coaching program, but you do get the daily semi-private coaching call for free. 
So those of you who are in that program, you definitely want to be attending the call live every day. I know literally hundreds, if not thousands of you listen to the call in replay, but list, go to go live. That way you guys can ask questions and interact directly. And usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Julie runs those calls herself. I mean, she's been called the number one real estate coach in the nation. And this is giving you guys an opportunity to have your questions uh, uh, you know, asked directly, but also for you to listen to the questions and answers that are being asked by agents from all over the country and Canada. So you can see in real time what's truly happening. Um, now, remember, those of you who are in the uh, Premier Coaching Program, that is going to also include not only the call I just told you about, but starting hopefully next week, assuming I can get Miss Julie to comply and do it, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing a Facebook Live um, uh, semi-private coaching session thereafter that's going to only be for, um, obviously, Premier Coaching members. Not the free version, but normal coaching members. But in the interim, if you are sitting on the fence wondering what direction you should go or what direction you'll be unfortunately forced to go next year, get a jump on it. Get ahead of it. And we've made it super easy for you. When COVID you know, came to our shores, Julie and I decided to make this free coaching program and you can join it immediately. There's no strings attached. All you have to do is text the word survival to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're gonna text you back a link. You have to click the link and activate your membership. And then you're gonna log in and you're gonna see then the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, the Real Estate Treasure Map, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. You're gonna see all this content that we've left there for you guys to use so that it'll give you direction in your real estate business. It's free, there's no strings attached. Just text the word survival to 31996. Um, so that is really incredibly important that you guys do that because what we're starting to do is we're updating all of our short sale information. We're updating all the REO, all the BPO, all the distressed information. That way, when you walk into a seller's house, no matter what their situation is, you're going to be able to solve their problem. Now, I want you guys to be thinking big and not being fearful in the with regards to the changes. And here, I'm going to give you an example. And Julie touched on this a second ago. At the end of every month and the beginning of the following month, there's always a ton of expired listings. Listings that were usually, maybe they had a condition issue, a price issue, a location issue, something like that, right? But usually in this type of market, it's mostly a, sell, a overpricing issue. There are going to be across the country, thousands and thousands of uh, expired listings that are gonna start hitting the market because the market has changed so quick and it's changed with listing agents not knowing how to get price adjustments that you're going to see a wave of, especially going to next year, you're going to see a wave of expired listings. If I were getting back into the real estate business right now to sell real estate full time, I would be focusing you know, eight hours a day on, on going after expired listings. What do you know about an expired listing? They have to sell, they're willing to pay a commission, and you know what the price isn't. Those three things are gonna put you in a fantastic position to get the listing, as long as you know what to say and how to say it. But what you're gonna discover is what we were just talking about. A lot of the expireds are expiring because their current listing agents not only uh, overpriced, but they overpriced because the seller has some kind of extraneous financial problem. Maybe it's underwater, maybe it's something else. And once you know how to solve those problems, imagine how confident you're gonna feel when you see those expireds pop up. You, If you guys wanna test me on this, 
Go back and do a search in your MLS. And don't just search in a tiny couple little areas. Search your entire MLS, your total board of realtors. And do a search to see how many expires there were since January 1st. And in all cases, you're going to see thousands, unless you live out in the middle of Montana or something. You're going to see thousands of expired listings. And that should shock you. Because those are all sellers that still want to sell. Now, your biggest competitor when you go after an expired listing is the, form, the previous listing agent. But in a market like this, where the previous listing agent has already demonstrated their inability to help the seller with their financial problem, not just a condition issue like you got to paint a room or let's reprice the house. The problems are more significant that a lot of these sellers are going to be experiencing. If you know how to solve that problem, when you call that seller and you speak with that seller and you know the solution to their problem that their previous listing agent didn't, in a lot of cases these sellers won't even know that there was a solution to their problem and you tell them how you can solve their problem, you are going to, I'm telling you guys, you're going to feel so amazing because you're going to now have a light, you're going to have that epiphany maybe you've been looking for and you're going to say, aha, this is what it means to feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. And the way you have that experience is you have to know how to solve the problem. And this is, see, you guys putting the pieces together here? So when we say there's never been a time, at least in the last 25 or 30 years, where caring, competent, skilled agents have been so needed, you can see what we're talking about. You can see now the coming together of the prevailing thoughts with regards to you know, your knowledge, your skill, your willingness to apply those knowledges and, and knowledge and skills to solve other people's problems and the improvement in your own quality of life that comes on the other side. That's just, that's the whole equation right there. If you're not experiencing the wealth and the success and all the other things that come with, you know, basically being successful, if you're not experiencing those things, it's not because you don't have the aptitude for it. It's not because you can't. It's just because you haven't yet earned the right to earn that money because you haven't yet earned the right to help enough people so that you can have those you know, financially based experiences. Hopefully that makes sense. So the, the gap that you have to bridge is simply learning the skills and then being uh, essentially earning the right to solve the problems for those mostly sellers and, and buyers too, obviously, but prominently sellers. And when you, when you fill that gap, when you become the bridge between the problem that seller's having and the, you know, the life that they want to have going forward, I promise you guys, everything's going to change with regards to how you think about not just real estate, but life in general, because then you're going to see opportunities all the way around you constantly. You're now, you're not going to go from somebody who's believing that you have to buy leads and that, you know, leads are hard to find and this is hard and that's hard. You're then going to realize that there's an abundance of opportunity that's around you constantly. Like I said, go and look from January 1st till today and look to see how many expireds there were. Now, if you want to go and have a little extra fun with that, Take that same list of expireds and then see how many of them relisted. And statistically, here's a fun fact, it's over 90% of all expireds relist within six months. Most of them relist within the first 30 days. In a seller's market, most of them do relist with the previous agent. In a transitioning market where the previous agent has proven their inability because they lack skills to get the property sold, they list with the agent that has the skill set. You guys get what we're getting at here? Have the skill set. So if you've not done yet, so yet, if you've not joined the free coaching program, it's simple. Just text the word survival to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. If you have any show suggestions, if you have any questions, if there's anything we can do for you at all ever, 
please remember, just text me directly, 512-758-0206. So listen, guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one daily listen to podcast for real estate agents. And thank you for continuing to make Harris Rules our book. It's so fun for me to read and get emails and just randomly come across you guys referring to Harris Rules and how it helped solve this problem or that problem or how it gave you clarity. That was our whole goal with Harris Rules, our book. We wanted to give you absolute 100% drilled down, practical, tactical, you know, no BS clarity about what it takes to be successful long-term in real estate. It's not a book of gimmicks. It's not going to be a book talking about, you know, goofy lead generation ideas that are trendy this month and won't be trendy the next month. I think we mentioned the word Instagram in the book, for example, maybe like none, no times, maybe once or twice, right? Hardly ever is the point. Because the long-term, you know, the agents who have been successful generation after generation, market shift after market shift, are the ones that basically are not focused on the short-term gimmicks, that are focused on long-term increasing levels of success. And they know that comes from ultimately doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Hopefully this all resonates with you guys. If not, consider getting the book Harris Rules. In the meantime, thank you for listening today. And remember, you can listen to our thousands of past podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, obviously, on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.